1: Alright everybody, welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. My name's Dan Johnson, I'm your host, and this is a different type of podcast today. We're going to actually be talking about mushrooms, and as we all know, spring is a great time to find morel mushrooms. But... Our guest, Dan Turner, says that uh, there's a lot of other mushrooms in the timber that get overlooked. And that's what today's podcast is about, man. We're going to talk about where to find uh, these different types, how to cook them, and uh, where they live, what conditions are the best to find these mushrooms. And, you know, we also talk about the really popular one, the morels, that everybody goes out and looks for. So, today's podcast is about mushrooms and um I wish it was just a little warmer here in Iowa because my favorite uh, scenario, the best scenario, is when you can turkey hunt. And when the turkey hunt gets slow, you know, it kind of calms down, the birds aren't responding, and then you start looking for mushrooms. That's like the best case scenario, but it doesn't seem for me that the that uh, the conditions are going to line up like they have in the past so i'll be turkey hunting this weekend and looking for mushrooms oh if i had to guess in a, in about a week so um and the best part is I get to eat the turkey, and I get to eat the mushrooms, and today's podcast with Dan is going to kind of point me in a new direction uh, with different species to look for, so uh, uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. I know I enjoyed the conversation with Dan, and uh, if you want to find more great content um, about hunting, fishing, gathering All the cool activities that you can do in the state of Iowa, you need to visit iowasportsman.com. There they have online articles, and they even allow you to get the subscription for the magazine uh, on the website as well. And uh, there's tons of great articles in the magazine as well. So, uh, iowasportsman.com, that's where you can find articles and the podcast and where to sign up for the magazine if you haven't already please subscribe to the iowa sportsman podcast you can do that through itunes or wherever you download your uh, podcasts and uh, subscribe follow and then it's easy all you got to do is listen at that point so be sure to follow us on social media facebook there's going to be an instagram uh, page coming very soon so keep an eye out for that and uh, enough talking Let's get into today's podcast about mushrooms. All right, returning guest, Mister Dan Turner. How you doing, man? Good, sir. You? Oh, I can't complain. And uh, as we talked uh, before we started recording this podcast, we both have plans after we get done recording, and those plans are fishing. So it sounds Absolutely. like we have our priorities straight today. Absolutely. Then poor schmucks that got to work today hope you have fun (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely and uh have you done much fishing
0: i've been out a few times here lately um work and weather seems to have been complicating things but uh um yeah i got out a few times what are you after um bass and crappie right now mostly so today i'm trying out a new lake and Gonna see what it does. I've never fished at this early, so we'll just have to see how it does.
1: Yeah, this uh, this late thaw, uh, it just I think it screwed everything up.
0: Oh yeah, and then just the springs just been so wet, and I mean every every piece of water here is just muddy, 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 and cold, and so it just makes it more difficult. But uh,
1: yeah, will uh, straighten now. Now, recently, you wrote an article about mushrooms. And yeah. that is what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm going to be honest with you. I love turkey hunting, right? And I love shed hunting in the spring. But one thing that really gets me excited, and it's probably because I also love to eat a lot, and that is mushrooms, and specifically uh, the morels, right? Everybody talks about the morels, but uh, the article that you talked that you uh, wrote was that. Hey, don't give up on the other mushrooms, too, because there's plenty of other things, uh, other mushrooms out in the woods that are edible that uh, that you can eat as well.
0: Absolutely.
1: So why don't we just start with the main one, right? And I, I just want to talk about the morels first because it is the most popular, and that's what I grew up uh, going and looking for. Um, is there a science to finding mushrooms in the woods
0: well I, there is kind of a there's an art to it i'd say more than a science um you know morels of everybody has their own theory about morels you know where they grow how they grow when they pop um, you know everybody has their own experiences to judge on that but you know what it all comes down to is it still is you know still populated by a spore and wherever that spore lands as long as it's the right conditions for the mushroom that grows you know so I mean, sometimes it's oak trees, sometimes it's elm trees, sometimes it's maple trees. I've found them under cedar trees. I've found them in the middle of a gravel road before. You know, it's just there's no... Whatever the conditions are right for it, I mean, that's where the fungus is going to grow.
1: Gotcha. Because, you know, when I first started really looking for mushrooms, you get all these people who have been... Uh, mushroom hunting for years and you're like yeah you need to look under a dead elm tree by the stump on the northwest side on a tuesday (laughs) when it's 61 and a half degrees outside and that's where you're going to find the mushrooms
0: exactly exactly so i mean there is some science to it you know i mean you do have to have a certain ground temperature and you know there has to be moisture levels and and the organic matter has to be you know certain ph and whatnot but um you know nobody's going to go out and you know take a thermometer out and test the soil temp. I mean, you know, everybody has their own theories about, you know, when uh, certain flowers bloom or certain trees start blooming, you know, that's when the mushrooms will pop. And there is some, you know, reliancy on that. But uh, for well, the most part, I mean, it, it, everything changes. So,
1: yeah, be be a little bit more specific on that, because I think knowing the details of even, even if some of these are, are, are rumored, you know, some of these rumors have some... I guess there's, there's some facts along with them that may help us go out and find mor- like morels specifically. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I don't
0: even go out looking until I start seeing uh, the wild plum trees bloom. You know, the wild plum trees are usually, you know, just a, a small tree in the ditch with white flowers on it. Um, you know, uh, lilac bushes are another one. You know, when the buds start forming real heavy on lilac bushes, um, that's a good sign. If your red bud trees are blooming, the mushrooms have probably been out for a week or so. Um you know, and again, there's no hard fast rule to that. It it just it changes and it varies. You know, um, you know, if the property you look at is all a north facing slope, then you know the mushrooms are going to be a later. If it's south facing, then it's going to be a little sooner. You know, so, um, but you know, personally, I start looking for you know some of them white plum trees blooming. That's about time I go out and look.
1: Gotcha. Now, does that coincide with let's say like an average temperature or an cause you mentioned ground uh, temperature and I heard, you know, through the grapevine, I don't know, like reading some kind of document saying that morel mushrooms will grow when the soil temperature is like 54 degrees. Right. I've read that same information.
0: So, right. um, yeah. So when you look at any kind of plant, I mean, they're all looking at light day, light hour days and soil temperatures, you know? And so depending on the plant or tree, um, you know, they both vary, you know, tulips, of course, they need a certain ground temp, and it's very, very low, um, you know, when they start going, um, same with uh, daffodils, um, and that, the ground, the frost is barely out of the ground, and, you know, and daffodils and tulips start coming up, um, you know, trees, it's a little bit different, you know, I do uh, maple syrup in the, in the wintertime as, as well, you know, so, um, you know, the, as soon as that ground gets above freezing, you know, you don't have very many more days of uh, of making syrup left, so, um, yeah, it just... There's lots of variables to it, and there's a science behind it, but um, but yeah, soil temp and light days is the two biggest factors. Gotcha. Have,
1: because I got a I got a buddy who has this two track um, down the side of uh, this place where he used to live. He doesn't live there anymore, but it was the west side of a of this two track on a slope, a lot of moisture, a lot of dead uh, like old stumps that had been cut down you know they they went through and logged to the property you know many years ago and these these old stumps had started decomposing and whatnot and that entire face of that two track was just littered we would go and we'd pull a five gallon bucket two days three days in a row of of uh, morels now oh wow and it's just like one of those spots right one of those spots that people just covet you know they don't it's like they would rather tell you where a boone and crockett deer is living than they would tell you for their best mushroom <laughs> hole. you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah not to one up you or anything but uh i remember one year it was back in the early 2000s now uh, i was stuck at work and some of the guys i worked with decided to go out fishing on the Mississippi river yeah and uh they called and asked if I had any trash bags. I like, no, I, I ain't got any trash bags here. Why? I was like, well, we found some mushrooms. We're like, you found enough mushrooms, you need trash bags? That's <laughs> not uh, the half of it. says, we'll be there in a few hours. Right. So they came back. They had an 18-foot John boat. The John boat was full. Wow. It was full. I've never seen the likes of it. I don't know how many hundreds of pounds of morels these four guys found, but it was ridiculous. I mean, they literally filled up five, 55-gallon trash bags full of mushrooms that they found on one of these islands.
1: My I mean, it
0: was just insane. You know, after the river had been high for a couple of years and the first year it was down, it was just... They said they, they, they couldn't believe it. They left mushrooms.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it nuts. Was just
0: insane. So I've never seen so many in one place in my life. So they sold some, they gave away. I don't know how many they gave away, but... Yeah. I mean, just... But, uh, but yeah, so,
1: so... They're out there, you know, the mythical unicorn, so... That's right. So when it comes to... I guess a day, I know you've mentioned kind of a time when you see a specific uh, plant start to bloom is when you like to go out, but are there any conditions uh, that really scream now is the day to go out and start looking for mushrooms?
0: Um, if I get two or three nights in a row where it's above 50 degrees um, and the trees are, are buttoned, um, you know, it's so like this week, um here in southern Iowa and northern Missouri, I'm I'm probably gonna start looking uh midweek, late week. Yeah. Um for both grays and you know and some other mushrooms. So and a lot of times you just never know until you get out in the woods too. Um you know, so I'll be looking specifically for oyster mushrooms, um and see if the pheasant backs have started up yet and, and starting to grow yet. So um but yeah, this week is gonna be prime for me to start looking next week for sure. Gotcha. Okay. But nighttime temp fifty, that's what's that's what the key is. Uh, you get enough temps at, at night above fifty, and that's going to really warm that ground up. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: So, warm warmer nights throughout. You know, above fifty. Um, is there any particular place that you look now? Um, you've you've mentioned you found them anywhere, but if uh, a guy's listening to this podcast and he's never been mushroom hunting before, where are some spots that? I don't know, that seem to be automatic for you where you'll pop into the timber or wherever and, you've, and you'll and you find a, a good mess of them?
0: You know, kind of like we said before, everybody's got their own theories, you know, elm trees and oak trees and north faces and all this other stuff. And, and to be honest, I have never been able to put together a set of criteria where, you know, this is your highest chance of finding them. You know, right. so if I'm going to tell somebody that, you know, you want to go mushroom hunting, I was like, well, make sure there's ground moisture and go walk in the woods, you yeah. know, because... <laughs> It just depends on the year. You know, there's right. years that um, I have a buddy that's, you know, is an avid mushroom hunter, and he's a far better mushroom hunter than I ever will be, um, you know, and sometimes they're under oak trees, sometimes it's elm trees, sometimes it's maple trees, um, you know, sometimes it's under, i find found them on cedar trees on the on the edge of a road before. There's just no rhyme or reason to it. It's just having to go out there and, and find them. And I find that more than anything is just having spots where they have grown um, you know, I'm looking those same areas, you know, uh, morels are like any other mushroom, you know, in order for them to reproduce, they have to, you know, have to have full mushrooms that grow, dry up, die, and then spread those spores. Yeah. You know, so mushrooms aren't going to pop up, you know, just willy nilly. They have to have a spore, uh, you know, that's going to fall in the right place. So, right. you know, finding your own spots. And I mean, that's why they're so closely guarded. It's, you know, a secret, you know, and they'd rather give up Boone and Crockett spots than their mushroom spots because, I mean, once mushrooms are produced in an area, the likelihood of them producing there again is quite
1: high. Okay. So I've, you get all these rumors, right? You hear these things, you know, similar to, you know, where and when to find, uh, you know, find these mushrooms, but at the same time, how to pick them right um i was under the assumption that you just grab it and you pull it out of the dirt and then you clean it up later but i've also heard that you don't want to pull the mushroom all the way out of the dirt you want to cut it and leave some of that other you know some of the mushroom there so that it has the chance to reproduce again is is there any truth or or fiction to that
0: well again i'm not i i i can't even pronounce the word but you know a mushroom expert but you know, for instance, morels. Um, morels are not going to reproduce if you pull the main part of the mushroom. If you leave a stem, the spores don't come from the stem. The, the spores come from the, I call it the Swiss cheese part or the honeycomb part of the right.
1: mushroom. okay.
0: Um, you know, a lot of the other mushrooms, you know, have gills on the underside of them. That's where the spores come from on those. Um, puffball mushrooms, you know, they're one big spore. You know, they're just spores all over them. So, um, it, but, you know, see, so again, it's just kind of a theory, but, you know, as far as morel goes, if you leave part of it, I don't think it makes any difference whatsoever. Gotcha. Because again, it's it take one spore to grow one mushroom um, and, you know, pulling the whole thing or pulling part of it is not going to change that.
1: Gotcha. Okay. All right. So morels, right? I mean, they're the most popular, but why don't we just start talking a little bit um, one at a time about some of these other mushrooms that are just as tasty or, or, you know, can still be used um, that are, are popping up this time of year. Um,
0: one of my favorites is
1: oyster mushrooms.
0: Um, they're one of my favorites because they're easy to find. They're very easy to identify. Uh, there's not many um, similar mushrooms that are either edible or non-edible um, and they, they, they taste great. They really do. Um, they are almost always found on dead wood. Uh, sometimes you'll find them on the ground, but it's usually because there's some really rotten wood on you know, on the ground or right underneath the leaf litter that you don't see. Uh, but most of the time, you'll find them on uh, dead trees. I find most of them um, either as uh, log jams in a creek or trees that are starting to fall in a creek or across a creek. Um, and they're kind of they're what's classified as a shelf mushroom. Um, So if you find an oyster mushroom, there's going to be a whole bunch of them there, you know, in kind of a a shelf or a layered form. Um, The easiest way to identify oysters is there's there's kind of a creamy uh, color, an off-white color. They can be kind of a very pale yellow. Uh, They have gills underneath the side of them, and the gills will actually go all the way down the stem. Uh, That's the easiest way to identify them. Uh, So if you find, you know, these shelf-like mushrooms on wood with gills going all the way down the stem, um, you know, it's you got a very high chance that they're oyster mushrooms.
1: Gotcha. And are those about the size of, I don't know, if you were to touch your finger to your thumb, and I know that's that's relative based on how big your hand is, but, you know, the size of a, a big, like, 50-cent piece?
0: Uh, no, they'll be bigger than that. Um, you'll find some about the size of a coffee cup, sometimes about the size of, a you know, maybe five or six inches across even. But I'd say most of them are about the size you know, as big around as a, as a pop can or soda can.
1: Gotcha. So those grow on trees.
0: Yes. You'll always find those on wood.
1: Okay. On wood. All right. So, um, once you find them, how do you know that they're good for the picking?
0: Um, if you find them, they're good. Um, you know, if they look fresh, if they feel fresh, um, they're good. If they kind of feel dry or rubbery or just look like they're, been there a while then they're they're probably not fit to eat um, they may still be edible but I mean, there's really no point in it
1: um, gotcha okay. they're pretty easy to, to distinguish all right so how you know once you pick them uh how do you cook them
0: uh my favorite for those is just fried in a very very light tempura batter uh, you can find recipes online it's it's basically uh, just a little bit of egg flour and water and salt uh, about it Um, just make it a really really runny batter it will barely barely cover the mushroom uh, and just you know flash fry them Um, you can also cut them up and saute them they go great vegetables Uh, they go really good in soups Uh, they're a very very mild flavored mushroom Um, have uh, maybe just a little bit more flavor than you know your common white button mushroom that you'll find in the store gotcha Um,
1: uh, so that bat you make that batter and then you put some tapora on it and then that gets it crispy yeah the batter is the tempura oh, batter gotcha. so, okay.
0: yeah, yeah so if you ever go to like a, an oriental restaurant uh, you know or you a know, japanese restaurant they'll fry vegetables yep. in that batter yep. or fry shrimp in that batter that's what it is it's just a very thin you know flour egg batter
1: gotcha okay and uh and that's your favorite way to cook them yep okay cool all right so that was the oyster mushroom what's the next one you're looking for
0: uh, another one is pheasant back. Um, so this, again, is another shelf mushroom. Um, it can get very, very large. Uh, sometimes it'll be just one. Sometimes it'll be a few of them, you know, all in the same group. Um, I've seen them as big as 12 or 14 inches across before. Um, the thing with pheasant backs, uh, they the it's also called driots saddle. Um, the reason they call them a pheasant back, when you look at them, they're kind of, they're kind of a pale... A pale white, pale yellow color, but they'll have little spots of brown in them that kinda of look like a feather and it'll be all over it. Okay. Um so they they kinda of shape like a funnel is where the you know the you know the fan that comes out and then as it gets to the tree to the stem it kind of funnels down into that area. Um the undersides are different from the oyster. Uh the oyster will have uh, fins underneath. The pheasant back is gonna have just holes in it. Um kind of a porous mushroom. Um so the bigger these get, the tougher they get. So if you can find them where they're less than six inches across, uh, those are going to be your, your best ones to eat. You can't eat the bigger ones. They're just going to be a little tougher. Um, you know, you can cut them a little thinner and cook them longer if you want. Um, but the, the smaller ones are, are definitely the ones that you want to eat. Gotcha.
1: And uh, other than that, do, do these look like the oyster uh, mushrooms but are just bigger and less condensed? Instead of Um, having a whole bunch of them, there's just... No.
0: Yeah, the only similarity between the two is that they're both shelf mushrooms. Gotcha. Um, So the oyster mushroom, the easiest way to distinguish these is get a guide, um, you know, to tell the difference, to see the pictures and, you know, have descriptions in there that you can match them with, you know. So for me, trying to tell somebody what they look like is a little more difficult. But, um, you know, an oyster mushroom is going to have kind of like a lip on the outside edge where it kind of goes down. Um, and kind of hides the gills. Uh, a pheasant back um, is gonna just be a straight out rigid shelf mushroom. Um, they'll still be flexible, kind of like a, a thick piece of leather. Uh, that's kind of the texture they'll have. Um, and you can just cut these off right at the tree and um, and just wash them up. And uh, best way I like to eat these is just just slice them kind of thin and you can saute them with onions and serve them over steak. Or again, you can put them in soups um, I have fried them up before with batter. I just don't care for them as much that way. Um, they taste similar to a portobello mushroom. okay? Um, maybe just a little bit more of that wild flavor to them um, and the texture. And like I said before, the bigger they get, the leather, leather, more leather-like they get. Gotcha. Okay. So the smaller ones are definitely better. Perfect.
1: All right, what's the next one?
0: Um, Combs tooth uh, is one of my favorites. It's also one of the hardest ones to find. Uh, This is a white mushroom, and if you've ever seen uh, coral reef, that's what it reminds me of. Um, It's very, very soft, very, very delicate. It looks like white coral and almost has like white hairs that will hang down off of it, Um, you know, from like a quarter to three quarters of an inch long. Um, You'll find these in very, very wet bottomland areas, Uh, again, on wood. Uh, They're very easily distinguishable um especially if you can match them up with a picture um i wish i could find more of them but i just just haven't been able to but these again i like them fried up in tempura batter and they almost taste like crab meat i don't know how else to describe it but they really are fantastic
1: really wow that's um is that also a shelf mushroom
0: no um I believe, I don't have the book in front of me, I believe it's classified as a bearded mushroom because it has those hairs on it. There's several other mushrooms that, that are similar. Um, there's like a lion's mane and comb's tooth, and, and there's a couple others that I'm not familiar with. Um, I can't remember the names of, but they're all in that same class, so
1: gotcha. they are not a shelf mushroom. Okay, so how big do, do does that particular mushroom get to where, I mean, it, does it stand out or is it, is it smaller because you got to look harder for it? um it stands
0: out because it's just it's blaringly white i mean it's snow white um and they'll be the size of your thumb and they can get as big as your fist um you know just kind of depends on the conditions and you know in the area that you're
1: in gotcha and do they kind of gather like some of these other mushrooms do or are they more few and far between
0: i've only found them one at a time um I had one year probably four or five years ago where I found four and I found them all within about a 20 foot area, um, on different trees. And, uh, and then there's other times I'll find one in that same spot, uh, you know, on any given year and, and, you know, there's another year I couldn't find any. So, um, they're, they're a lot harder to find. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: But they are one of your favorites.
0: Yes, they are. I, yeah, I'm always looking for them and, uh, hoping I find them, but it's a treasure
1: when you do. Right. Right. All right. What's the next one?
0: Um, those are the three main ones that I'm looking for. You know, besides morels. Yep. Um, they're uh, chanterelles are uh, probably the one of the last. You know, the top four that I look for. Uh, chanterelles are going to look a lot like an oyster, except they're going to grow on the ground. Uh, usually, where there is some rotten wood. Sometimes you'll find them on rotten trees as well. They look a lot like an oyster mushroom, uh, but they're bright yellow. Gotcha. Um, and they're kind of a wavy. Um wavy potato chips. I don't know how else to say it, but uh, they're very soft textured, and blaringly yellow. Uh the key with these is is to make sure that you are not picking jack-o' lantern mushrooms. Okay. Um Jack-o' lantern mushrooms are blaringly orange. They are usually in large groups on the ground. Sometimes there'll be hundreds of them in one spot, and they are one of the one of the highly poisonous mushrooms out there. Um <laughs> That so, was but chanterelles are awesome, and and once you have a book, and once you see pictures of each one, you can it's very easy to, to distinguish which one it is. Right. Um, the chanterelles are are very very good.
1: And that was going to be one of my other questions: was is there a group of mushrooms, and it sounds like this jack lantern mushrooms is one of them that we need to really stay away from, or maybe. Uh, here's a, here's a mushroom that also looks like another mushroom, but it's not, and it has the potential to make you sick.
0: Um, surprisingly not. There are vastly more edible mushrooms in the Midwest than there are non-edibles. Um, I'd say the you know, the cap style mushroom, this is the traditional mushroom with a stem and a cap on it. You know, there's more of those that are non-edible than anything. Uh, and this is where getting you a guide, you know, a physical in your hands guide with pictures and description is going to help you, you know, know what you have in front of you. Um, There's several that are online that you can find. Um, the one that I like the best is actually put out by the Missouri department of conservation. Uh, and they will send you a pamphlet, um, pamphlet, a handbook, you know, of all these mushrooms. I can believe they send it out for free. Right. Um, and they also have it online on their website as well. And so I always keep that on my phone and I have that book in the truck with me. Um, and that's the easiest way to distinguish. But uh, out of all the mushrooms that I've come across, I've only found two. You know, the one was a jack-o'-lantern that I knew was uh, non-edible. And there's been a couple others that was questionable that I really couldn't find a good description of. So I just left them. Right. Um, right. You know. Now. So, uh, one other mushroom, too, that I, I'm i always looking for. It's not usually around in the spring. It's usually a fall mushroom. is a chicken of the woods. That's
1: the one I was just going to ask you about. So.
0: I've had trouble recently finding these. I used to find them all the time, and I didn't know what they were, so I left them. And then when I figured out what they were, I couldn't believe that I left all these things. Um, most of the time, you will find these underneath oak trees. Uh, that's what they like. Uh, they can get very, very large, sometimes 25, 30 pounds. Um, They, I don't know how to describe the look of these, except they just kind of look like the oyster mushrooms and just one big group. You know, Kind of like if you took a... Like a bouquet. Yeah, if you took a head of cabbage and cut it in half and set it on the ground, you know, with all the leaves sticking up, that's you know kind of what it would look like. Right. Um, I don't know how else to describe it, but um, but they they're kind of a brownish color. Uh, they can be uh, they can be a pale yellow as well, um, and they're very very good. Uh, these are mushrooms that some especially um, restaurants, especially Japanese restaurants, will will pay pretty good money for if you can find them um i've seen them as high as 25 or 30 dollars a pound wow Um,
1: yeah i uh i I found uh one of those bouquets of the was it the chicken or the hen of the woods what's it called well
0: they're they're both yeah there's there's a couple different types but they're all very similar
1: yeah so uh i found one uh last year i believe it was um Oh good for you. And I didn't know what it was, so I took a picture and I do what most people do, you you place it on Instagram and you say, "Can I eat this?" And, you know, most people said, "Yeah, yes, definitely you can eat it." But that the one that I picked was past its prime. It was really dry. Oh. And sure. um so wasn't much I could do there, but now I know what to look for and when to look for it because man, I tell you what. I love being able to go into the woods and, you know, pick food, whether it's berries or, you know, and then place that with a, you know, place the mushrooms that you find with the turkey that you just killed. I remember it wasn't last year, but two years ago, I think it was, might've been, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but it was turkey season and mushroom all happened at the same week. And it just fell And usually all
0: coincides with the crappie spawn, too. (laughs) Right, right.
1: So we were busy. We were busy that week. I mean, we were hunting, and then when the turkeys shut up, we would go look for mushrooms, and we were finding mushrooms, and it was awesome. Uh, And then, you know, you kill the turkey, you know, grill up the breast and have uh, mushrooms with it, or, you know, some bluegill or some uh, crappie, and next thing you know, you're full and you're taking a nap.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So... Is there anything else, uh, as far as you know, whether it's picking mushrooms, looking for them, grilling them, or, or cooking them, that uh, that you'd like to share? Tips, tricks, tactics.
0: You know what? The best thing, if people's interested in this and they and they you know like mushrooms and you know and like finding you know bounty in the woods, is just you know take a bucket, go out in the woods, and start walking around. If you find a mushroom, pick it, take it to the house, you know where you can look it up with your phone, you know get you all these little um, handbooks and you know and see what you got and just experiment with it, um, you know and, and cook them up. I, I can't emphasize enough: don't eat a mushroom without making sure you know what it is. Yeah, um, you know while the chances are low that you will pick a poisonous mushroom and eat it, you still need to check because they can they can hurt you and even kill you. You know if you if you find the wrong ones, you know and those those jack o' lanterns is, is a prime example of it. Um, you know so big orange mushrooms, you know just be cautious of them. <laughs> um, but they're out there, and people walk over them all the time. Um, so you know, take advantage of what the woods have out offer out there, and you know, and learn something
1: in the process. Absolutely. Well, Mister Dan Turner, short and sweet podcast about mushrooms, man, I love it. Thank you for your time. Yep, good to talking to again just want to say thank you very much mr dan turner for hopping on the podcast again um not much to say in closing here again visit iowasportsman.com. take a look at the digital articles uh, as well as get the magazine because there's a ton of great info in the magazine as well subscribe to the podcast uh join us on social facebook and soon to be instagram other than that I hope everybody finds success in the turkey woods, finds some mushrooms this spring, finds luck on the water. Good luck to whatever it is that you're doing. And we'll talk to you next week.